This is The Road Less Travelled, presented by Nikki Shea. And a warm welcome to you. This is The Road Less Travelled. My name is Nikki Shea and welcome to this week's edition of the show. A warm welcome to you if you're joining us for the very first time and if you're a seasoned listener and then of course welcome back. You can interact with the show by jumping onto social media through Facebook and also on Instagram. On Instagram, search for the Road Less Travel Podcast 2021. You can email the show, fatcat at iinet.net.au. And to find out more about what we do here at the Road Less Travel, you can jump onto the website, fatcatmedia.com.au. And that's where you'll find previous episodes of the show and a little bit more about what we do with Fat Cat Media. This week, I thought that we would, um, this is a fantastic adventure. It's called the Matilda Way. If you've never heard of it, you're not the only one. It's one road that most definitely leads to, of course, to adventure. That's what we're all about. And a different adventure each day. The fully sealed 1,812-kilometre highway stretches from the New South Wales border all the way to the Gulf of Carpentaria, from Kanamala to Karumba. And it traverses the real outback. The route is filled with friendly local characters, always unique attractions and unspoiled natural sites. You can do this, and I'll tell you a little bit more as as the show unfolds. You can do it in four days for a comfortable drive. And that depends on how long you spend discovering what is really the unique charms of each of the townships along the Matilda Way. And along that way, you will discover little-known secrets, experience the raw history of the region, and natural wonders of the vast and ancient landscapes. It is just fantastic. And as you're travelling, you can check the byways along the route, and there's plenty of little side trips that add to the overall outback experience. But with all of our trips that we do, just remember that you are sharing the road with huge road trains, and I mean huge. They're full of livestock and native animals across the road as well. So you take care, give away, protect your vehicle and the truckies will thank you for it. So come along this week and enjoy the experience of the outback along the Matilda Way. So you say goodbye, New South Wales and hello, Queensland, when you start the Matilda Adventure at Cunnamulla, which is just 119 kilometres north of the New South Wales border. And just south of Kunnamulla, check out the dwarf-like red sand dunes adorned with pines. And if the winter rainfalls are sufficient, you make sure that you have the camera at the ready for a landscape which is just ablaze with wildflowers. Kunnamulla is a community which really invites you to come along and sort of uncover all the hidden gems that they have on offer. And like us, you can be immersed in the local culture and history as you explore the Heritage Trail, or you can visit one of the three station stays in the region. If you want to find out more, then I really encourage you to visit the Kanamala Fella Centre's Artesian Time Tunnel. And there you can learn a little bit about the Great Artesian Basin, which of course is an underground water table. And that sustains life in some of Australia's harshest environments. Now, if nature is your thing, you can take a walk along the Warrego River Walk. You can stroll around the Kanamala bushlands or spend time discovering some of the 2,207 bird species at the Bowra Sanctuary. There's a little side trip west along the Balu Development Road, which is a a journey to the quaint town of Yulo, which comes highly recommended. And then you can continue north along the Opal Byway and discover Yawa, which is an opal mining town with plenty to offer. 
Now, a visit to Kanamala, as I mentioned in the little bit there, the Fella, Kanamala Fella Visitor Information Centre, that's located at Centenary Park, which is on Jane Street in Kanamala. And it's an accredited visitor information centre which offers one-stop shop for all travel information, including maps, brochures and itineraries. It's staffed by skilled and knowledgeable, friendly locals. The Kanamala Visitors Information Centre also provides advice on the things to see, things to do and where to eat. And you can discuss with the staff there even your travel plans or make sort of several bookings while you're there. So while you're there, head in and take a step back in time with a visit, as I mentioned, to the Artesian Time Tunnel and all it has to offer. It comprises of a museum, uh, there's an art gallery there too, and there's also a short film, uh, there's a time tunnel ride and there's interactive displays. So there's something for everyone, including the kids too. It has a massive car park, you can do bookings and tour desk um, available to guests and there's also coach parking too, so that gives you an idea of how big that it actually is. You can um, jump onto their website too, which is always handy when you're heading to those kind of places because you can email or give them a call if you're wanting uh, sort of to phone ahead. It's called kanamalatourism.com.au. You can give them a call on 0746558470 and you can email them, which is visitor at paru.qld.gov.au. Put a sentence together, Nikki. Now, from Kalamala, a bit further up the Matilda Way is Wyandra, which is 97 k's to the north of Kanamala. The highway follows the route of the railway line, and it's the railway system that's actually dictated where these towns would be created. And Wyandra was once a major water stop for the steam engines that haul wool and sheep to the marketplace. Another, uh, I think it's about 100 clicks up the track, and you'll get to Charlieville. Now, Charlieville is a town that is worth some real serious attention. Attention. It has a history featuring the early Cameliers, um, the Cobb & Co, Qantas and the United States Air Force. It has one of Queensland's largest school of distance education and is a major home base for the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which services towns as far away as Birdsville in the state's far southwest. And you can experience the amazing Cosmos Centre, a small observatory that introduces you to the world beyond. Now, some people call it Charleville, some people call it Charleville, whatever floats your boat. But this town in the southwest, it's the ideal base to explore outback Queensland's rugged landscape. And as I said, you can let the stars guide your travels too. Charleville makes the most of the clear outback skies with the Cosmos Centre that connects heavens with earth through the lenses of a powerful Mead telescope. And each night, Charleville's Cosmos Centre and the observatory roll open the roof and it reveals binary stars, clusters and planets. That while the stars are easy to spot, and all of Ollie Charlieville's best assets are quite so visible. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I want to talk to you, though, about this fantastic. Cosmos Centre opens seven days a week um, through winter, April to October, seven days a week. Opening hours are 12 till 7pm. In summer, open November to March, Monday to Friday from 9am to 5pm. They're closed on the 1st of January, 26th January, 15th of April, uh, 25th of April, 25th of December and 26th of the major public holidays they are closed. The evening tours occur seven days a week. You've got to call them um, just to check to make sure that they're not fully booked. Um, so you can jump onto their website, which is cosmoscentre.com. 
And throughout your time in Charleville, the Cosmos Centre offers a variety of activities and you can jump in there and they'll take you on various journeys through the Cosmos, learning about far-flung wonders and stories closer to home. You can come and enjoy the passionate guides and they are a really informative experience the night sky just as our ancestors did and learn about objects that have plummeted from the skies to land here in the outback of Queensland. So as I mentioned, they are open seven days a week, but it is best to book and you can do various um, uh, little tours too we attended both the sun viewing and the big sky observatory and thoroughly enjoyed both of them the sun viewing gave us an opportunity to really look at the sun directly through the center's special solar telescope i'm not aware of that being available to the public anywhere else so it's a great chance to see the sun up close we also saw a solar flare as well as the turbulent surface of the sun which was wonderful and the night sky was crystal clear the night that we joined the viewing and it was as ever spectacular we were able to see nebula galaxies other than our own and just other wonders there too i can't recommend it highly enough and last certainly not least a big shout out to the guides and the colleagues at the uh, cosmos center who led the viewings beautifully they were very knowledgeable and entertaining and they're a real asset to the center so do make sure that you do book a guided tour and put it on your bucket list they do have a cafe inside with wonderful food and coffee you can take with you while you wander through and check out the center including a little gift shop there too so that is the cosmos center at charlieville i really thoroughly recommend that you do that take the kids along as well um, and just do it if you have the opportunity make sure please put it on your bucket list and you can find out more at the cosmoscenter.com now if that doesn't float your boat you can do other things in Charleville including taking the 100 or so army bases that were hidden around Charleville and in uh, and World, War, World War One, World War Two, for instance, and they can be found on a top secret World War Two tour. And like everywhere in outback Queensland, the locals here are friendly and warm, right down to the tiniest Charleville residents, the Bilbies, which can be found at the Charleville Bilby Experience. I recommend you do that. You can spend the day with Charleville's smallest locals and contribute to this endangered species cause. The town's work with Bilby Conservation has provided sustainability for this endangered desert species, breeding them. There for reintroduction to the Karawinya National Park. And in between organised activities, you can fill your days with a walk along the Warrego River, spotting bird life and chasing down the best outback stakes in town. Beyond Charleville, other towns of the southwest pocket beckon for adventure, whether it be hiking at Carnarvon Gorge, going to see Australia's largest cattle auction in Roma and soaking in a mineral-rich artesian mud bath at Yulo. No matter where you turn, you'll uncover local secrets and characters at every town you enter. And there's plenty of accommodation too. You can, um, for example, at Kanamal, Cullen Muller, you can go to the Club Boutique Hotel, they've got the Tourist Park there, there's also the Yurmanga Motel and Caravan Park and Kilkawa Station too, if you're um, sort of looking for a Outback Station tour, stay too. So we're back on to the Matilda Way and we based ourselves for that overnight at Charlieville and um, from Charlieville to Blackall which is about 300 k's or just over three hours towing the caravan and it is a fantastic place to visit for kids too. If you've got time uh, and I must say too that um, you can head up and head north to the town of Teddy's Tambo. It's the oldest town in the west best known for turning an abundance of wool into Australia's signature bear. The women of the town pioneered this idea about 
about 25 years ago after being stricken by a drought and it still lives on today. If you head to Tambo Teddy's in Arthur Street, you can even create your very own fluffy friend and an impressive 49,000 plus have been previously made. Further north is Blackall and you'll discover tales of shearing legends here. Shearer Jack Howe put the town on the map after setting a world record in 1892 where he hand-sheared, that is hand-sheared, 321 sheep in 7 hours and 40 minutes. This feat remained unbeaten until 58 years later and that was even when there was machine shearers. You can learn all about Jack and the wool industry at the historic Blackall Wool Scow which happens to be the last remaining steam-operated wool washing plant in Australia. Come evening, enjoy a night of country hospitality at the Baku Hotel where you can dig into a hearty meal at the pub on the ground floor before heading upstairs to the French chic accommodation for a good night's sleep. If you're travelling with a caravan or camper, you can pull up behind the hotel for a small fee and use the amenities too. Have a morning dip in the artesian pool before you head off to your next destination. It's naturally heated to 32 degrees and packed with natural minerals, so it's perfect all year round. Now, like all adventures, you can stretch yourself out. For day three and four of the journey, you can choose to do it to Blackall to Longreach, which is, which is 214 yeah, 214Ks or just over two hours. On your way to Longreach, be sure to take a pit stop at the Garden City of the West, which is called Barkeldine. Located at the junction of the Capricorn and Landsborough Highways, this town is the birthplace of Australia's labour movement and the resting place of an impressive ghost gum that grew outside the railway station for a hundred. 86 years. This famous tree, although poisoned, is preserved under an award-winning timber structure where it shines, and it literally does shine, as an ode to its piece of Australian history. Now while in town, be sure to visit the Australian Workers Heritage Centre, and that celebrates ordinary working Australians through sort of interactive displays, there's film, photos, artefacts, and recreated work settings. And after you have stepped back in time, take a seat at the Ridgy Didge Cafe. Yes, that is what it's called for a taste of the Outback's first and only indigenous coffee brand, which is Coolamon Coffee. And while you're there, learn about the original inhabitants of the desert uplands country, the Inagi people. Hop back into the vehicle and continue on to Longreach, or in other words, the heart of Outback Queensland. When you arrive at Longreach, check into the town's pioneer slab a cut accommodation, which is called Saltbush Retreat, to bunker into homely stables, huts or cabins. Now, there are so many, and I mean so many, unique experiences to embark on in Longreach, so you'll want to dedicate two days at least to exploring this destination. You can check off things like a major attractions such as the Australian Stockman's Hall of Fame where you can delve into the rich history of our country, the Cobb and Coast Stagecoach Experience where you can gallop along an old mail route and the Qantas Founders Museum which commemorates of course the airline that is born in the region. Now, the Qantas Founders Museum, Museum, or called QFM, is an independent, not-for-profit community organisation that's been operating since about 1996 to commemorate the ethos and preserve the material heritage of the founders and the early operations of Qantas Airways. QFM is a world-class museum and cultural display which really eloquently tells the story of the founding of Qantas, again through interpretive displays, interactive exhibits, there's replica aircraft and an impressive collection of genuine artefacts there too. 
The collection incorporates the consolidated PBY Catalina flying boat, the Super Constellation, Douglas DC-3, the Boeing 707, the legendary Boeing 747, and in addition it has full-scale replicas of the de Havilland Giant Moth, the de Havilland uh, DH-50 and the Avro 504K Dyke, which was uh, Qantas's first aircraft. Visitors here can enjoy guided tours of the air park and the new Luminescence Longreach Night Experience. Now this sort of lights up. It's a spectacular nighttime light and sound experience designed to really delight, entertain and inform. You can stand here amongst the iconic aircraft as world-class projection mapping and it's like a 360-degree immersive sound brings the 100-year-old story of Qantas to life with a mighty Boeing 747 serving as its primary canvas. To visit the museum and enjoy their many experiences, you need to book online through the museum's website, which is QF fom.com.au and spaces are when we went we're, we're limited due to COVID but they may have been lifted so you do need to book massive car park there's uh, disabled facilities there too restaurant is on site and a cafe there too and that starts around I think it was about 20 bucks to get in you can find it at Sir Hudson Fish Drive in Longreach in Queensland obviously make sure that you do check it out it's uh, fantastic if you love aircraft and aircraft history that's certainly one to put down on the list of things to do in Longreach and I guess too that Longreach, it's a bustling town, came into prominence for visitors in 1988 when the Queen actually opened the Australian Stockman's Hall of Fame. Now it's a modern centre, it's world famous and warrants just much more than a casual glance. The entire history, adventure and the essence of the outback of Australia is rolled into one huge, diverse and really informative display. Adding life to this western Queensland town are a number of other first class attractions. As I mentioned, um, the Qantas Founders Museum with its own decommissioned Boeing 747 as the centrepiece. There's also the School of Distance Education which offers tours of its facilities and that too provides an education to students within 1,000 kilometres or more uh, via radius of, a, of, of satellite internet. Um, and as someone who did school by correspondence to see how their kids are doing distance education now, wow, it's just so um, diverse and it's just at, at their fingertips uh, it's certainly come a long way with distance education that's for certain you can also check out the Longreach Pastoral College the Longreach Powerhouse Museum and the Longreach Arts and Cultural Centre which is in the old ambulance station where locals display their arts and crafts and that's certainly too worth a visit various companies offer regular sunset cruises on the Thompson River there too some in historic paddle steamers with campfire meals and bush poetry thrown in here you can hop aboard a cobble coach to a uh, Cobb and coach coach what did I say Cobb and coach Cobb and co coach that's better for a tour of the town and head into a real working sheep and cattle property to get a lit glimpse into life on the land and I do really recommend that you spend a little bit of time at Longreach it's a fantastic place to check out spread out your uh, itinerary and check out plenty of things to do and one of those things I did is I made a potato and bacon soup. If you're looking for more subtle ways to get bacon into di- into your diet, you can try this really easy yet yummy potato and bacon soup recipe. There's a tin of corn in it too, just for an extra twist. And it's really, really simple to prepare, but it's got lots and lots of flavour. And it's perfect for chilly nights around the campfire. Another thing about this recipe too, that for camping, is that if you buy the bacon in those vacuum sealed packages, all the ingredients travel really well and with measurements equal to their size sold sealed volume two. Now, you need 600 grams of bacon diced, one diced onion, half a cup of white wine, four potatoes peeled and diced, one litre of chicken stock and one tin of cream corn. 
Now, if you have a pot or your camp oven, easy. You just fry the bacon until cooked and it's starting to crisp up. You remove about a quarter of it to garnish. Add the onions and lightly fry in the bacon flat. You add the wine to remove any bits that may be sticking on the bottom of the pot as well. Then you add the potatoes and the chicken stock to the bacon and the onions. Then simmer until the potatoes are cooked through and starting to fall apart. Then using a trusty potato masher or a fork, puree the potato soup as much as possible. Then you just throw in the cream corn and bring it back to boil. You heat it through. You serve garnished with reserved bacon. And that is that easy as well. We'll serve it with some uh, nice little, um, maybe made some bread in the bread oven. Do that too. Um, 15 minutes to prepare if you're lucky. 20 minutes to cook. It's ready in about 35 to 40 minutes. Um, and just see, it's, it's easy. Bacon, meat, pork, um, potato, vegetables, that's all it's in it. And you can put it in the, um, in the camp oven. Or you can do it in your fry pan or you can do it on the stove. It's that easy and that is just a little bit if you've got a good recipe too that's my potato and bacon soup if you've got a recipe head into head in drop us a email fatcat at iinet.net.au send me a message on facebook too for the road less travel and uh we'll share it and the good thing too as well with the matilda ways you can take dogs along of course very dog friendly accommodation and towns along the journey too which is always important from Longreach, it's on to Winton, which is just around the corner, and then Winton to Kiuna. The big skies and the wide open spaces around Winton have also not only excited, but they've inspired visitors for years. Now, Banjo Patterson wrote Waltzing Matilda in the neighbourhood back in 1895. The song was performed in public for the first time at Winton's historic North Gregory Hotel, and now it's sung wherever Australians gather to celebrate. The new Waltzing Matilda Centre is dedicated to the memory of song. Winton too is the dinosaur capital of Australia and hosts two major dinosaur attractions, the Australian Age of Dinosaurs and the Dinosaur Stampede at La Quarry Conservation Park. Both museums offer guided tours and a real dinosaur experience. Filmmakers too, they love the dramatic landscape close to Winton, so many feature films have been produced here and the town now hosts a mid-year film festival at the historic Open, uh, the Open Air Royal Theatre. Now Qantas, even though it has a big display at Longreach, it was born in Winton when the first general meeting of the airline was held at the Winton Club. Winton's musical Fence inspired singer-songwriter Goite to write the songs on his debut album that went to win three Grammy Awards. Now on to Kainara to Cloncurry and take a side sh- Side trip, side trip to discover the Combo Waterhole, which is just south of Kainuna, where this waterhole is apparently where Banjo Patterson drew inspiration for the national folk song Waltzing Matilda. You can walk the 2.5 kilometre return circuit to the Billabong along the Diamantina River and have a picnic under the shade of the Coolabar Tree. You can head on to Kainuna for a different kind of watering hole, which is the Blue Healer Hotel, and this pub is the only remaining building to have any association with the great Australian folk song Waltzing Matilda. It is said that both the swagman and squatter had their last drinks at the hotel. Banjo Patterson also drank at the hotel too. We did too, so come on in there for a cold beer and you can meet the locals. That is at the Blue Healer Hotel. You hit the road again, it's a short trip to McKinley where you can test another watering hole, the Walkabout Creek Hotel, which is of course the pub made famous by Paul Hogan in the movie Crocodile Dundee. The pub, together with other buildings in the town, were featured in this iconic Australian film and another hour's travelling will take you through undulating and open downs country to the town of Cloncurry. 
Cloncurry to Normanton. Well, Clon- Cloncurry is an interesting outback town in itself and definitely deserves extended time for exploration like I recommended you do for Longreach. Now, mining has played a key role in the development and growth of the town and a bloke called Ernest Henry, he is responsible for its very existence. In 1867, he discovered copper and even today, copper mining remains a major player in the growth of Cloncurry. A visit to John Flynn Place Museum and Art Gallery, well, that will provide you with a history lesson or two. It commemorates Reverend John Flynn, who developed the Royal Flying Doctor Service as a mantle of safety back in 1928. Covering isolated regions, the service is still an integral part of the outback survival today as it ever was. And while there, there's a must-stop in Cloncurry Unearth, which is the Visitor Information Centre and Museum. You can hear... Uh, not here, but here you will see the water bottle of explorer Robert O'Hara Burke or learn more about Mary Kathleen, a former uranium mining town, or wander through the museum's mineral and gem collection, which is ranked as one of the most comprehensive in Australia. You can continue on to Normanton, which the vista changes. You'll see the taller and taller termite mounds, which is a sign and a sure sign too that you've reached northwest Queensland. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. Normanton to Kurumba. It's a good stretch of road extending the 73 kilometres to Kurumba, the only town right on the Gulf of Carpentaria. Although it may seem to have taken a heap of time to get here, it's all to do with the excitement of finally reaching the end of the road and the Gulf of Carpentaria where the outback meets the sea. Its very location makes Kurumba an excellent place to really get a feed of fresh seafood, including excellent prawns for which the town is noted. You can visit the Les Wilson Barramundi Discovery Centre where you will get to hand feed, yes, hand feed Barramundi. Now, Kurumba is relatively flat country, but it's the bird life that excites. There's brolgas and uh, certain cirrus cranes that are in abundance throughout the winter. If you're in Kurumba in August to November, keep an eye out for the morning glory cloud, which is a unique cloud formation that sometimes forms in the early morning, thus the name early morning glory cloud. There's always the unforgettable sunsets over the ocean that's a must-see, either on land or in many of the sunset cruises that venture out each each afternoon. And congratulations for making the full length of the Matilda Way. You are here at Kurumba. Enjoy your stay. You've made it. Over 1,800 kilometres starting from just over the border of um, from New South Wales right up to the Gulf of Carpentaria. <laughs> And with most trips, there's plenty of free camping that you can do along the way. But the destination was the Karumba Point Tourist Park, which is a popular, very popular destination for travellers wanting to experience all that the Gulf of Carpentaria has to offer, with the beach, shopping and local hotel being only a short distance away. Now, this park offers plenty of shady, powered and unpowered sites. There's air-conditioned on-site caravans and a sparkling swimming pool. There's two amenities blocks, there's laundry facilities, dump points and a fish cleaning area for the lucky fish there too. They're online. Their website is karumbapoint.com.au. They also do organised activities which are held each week, which culminates each Saturday with a free fish barbecue, free guided walks, there's bingo, bocce and free craft. The really friendly staff are there to help with everything from parking vans to helping with information or make any tours that you want. They will make it happen. There's nature in abounds in the area and the bird watching is as popular as the fishing and crabbing there too. 
The friendly atmosphere of the park is well renowned. Many who visit seem to return because they have such a great experience. There's also a craft shop supplies store in the park if you need to top up on wool, cotton while on their troubles. The shop also stocks uh, the usual things like souvenirs, bait, ice, bread, milks, drinks, ice creams and a few other little emergency supplies there too. So they've got on-site vans, powered sites, unpowered sites. They've got fully self-contained site villas there too and uh, just a fantastic place. They're at uh, Cold Kitchen Drive in Corumba and you are in now uh, Carpentaria, Carpentaria area. So that's the Matilda Way and if you want to head back home the way that you've travelled to the Gulf of Carpentaria, do so. Or you can do a six-day guide to um, the Savannah Way road trip. We've also done part of that Savannah Way on another podcast that we've done of the road less travelled. And let it be said, there's no wrong way to see Australia. Each type of getaway, both land and sea, are unique in their offerings. But the Savannah Way road trip is an untold adventure waiting to be discovered in every different way and every different visitor. If you want an inspiring way to venture through different lands in one trip, you can plan the journey, but you can never predict the stories you'll collect, the expense expensive expansive landscapes and expensive fuel as well you'll witness on the unsealed roads that you'll navigate to the savannah way road trip uh, is australia's longest and arguably most fascinating route and uh, it's a journey within everyone's reach with much of the road unsealed there's some water courses to ford along the way the queensland leg is an achievable route with loads of specialty equipment without rather loads of specialty equipment or experiences so the savannah way stretches from cairns to Broome. this 3700 kilometre journey can be uncovered in a number of legs. The Queensland portion of the journey is full of small attractions and unscheduled stops that make this journey one to relish on your own. You can take a little extra time when something special catches your eye, but we'll talk more about the Savannah Way uh, heading from Cairns to Broome on an upcoming edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast. That brings us to this week's edition close of the show, and I hope that you have enjoyed our journey along the Matilda Way from uh, New South Wales up into Queensland to the Gulf of Carpentaria. Plenty of things to see and do. We just simply don't do some of these trips justice in half an hour of a podcast. But I hope what it does do is it gives you a, 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 just a taste. Um, I've said, oh, I haven't heard of that place before. Well, we'll go and do that trip. So uh, make sure that you do the Matilda Way just over, um, I think, 1,700 or 1,800 kilometres to do it. But uh a wonderful way to do it. You can do it in five days or you can do it in five weeks. It's totally up to you. That's this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed it and I'd love to grab your feedback too. Don't forget to give us a like, a share and a review and tell your friends that the Road Less Travelled podcast is giving you excitement, adventure and plenty of things to do out on the road, whether it's an overnight stay, a weekend away or you're doing the big trip around Australia. I hope it's given you some sort of perspective on things that you can see and do along the way. My name is Nikki Shea. Thanks so much for your company. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.